Instagram. <laughs> Liability number 20. And this time... I'm uh, not even going there. <laughs> it, it worked anyway. It did work. It was totally like, it is off. And I'm not doing that. It's the exotic liability <laughs> group thing. I don't know. D- uh, dude, not, so, not the group thing. So at Source earlier this month, uh, Loftcrack 6 was released, and we have on the phone with us Chris... Or, do you, is, is Chris, he goes, who the fuck are you? Chris Weissopel. Did I pronounce your last name right? Yeah, my cell phone's right. Okay, cool. Um, so we were kind of wondering, first off, like, can you give a brief, because there's a lot of people that listen to the podcast that are relatively new or, or actually kids in college. So can you give us a brief history of Lovecraft in the first place and, and how you guys got a hold of it again? Yeah, sure. So um, we Lovecraft really started out way back 12 years ago, if you can believe um, we've been writing security tools that's long. Guys, I've been that um, long already. In 97, that's awesome. <laughs> as a proof of concept tool, um, because we were playing around with the hashes that, um, um, as part of the Samba project, actually, that was trying to interface with the uh, file sharing system from Unix to Windows. And as part of that, they had to get access to the hashes, and they dumped the hashes out. And we started playing with them and figuring out how to crack them. And we figured out that there was a lot of weaknesses in the way that the passwords were stored as hashes. So the original Lovecraft was just a proof of concept tool. It was a command line tool. It was, you know, not optimized or anything. Really, no UI. It was just like, here's a hash, crack it. And uh, and uh, you know, this caused Microsoft to actually, you know, make some changes. They actually made some changes to encrypt the encrypted hashes again. Um, more obfuscation, right? Instead of fixing the underlying problem, but <laughs> double encryption. You know, while Microsoft was off doing its thing, we noticed that people started telling us that they really thought that you know they were using this sort of like um, people were using uh, crack on um, on Linux, right, or Unix, and they really were using it to do auditing of passwords because back then there was no password quality checks or anything like that, so it there was a lot of demand for us to sort of add a nice UI to it and add some more features to it and so we did that and we turned it into a uh, a product that was you know far beyond what the proof of concept was <laughs> hmm. so and then and then you guys uh, the loft guys you guys kind of uh, merged or whatever with at stake which then got sure. so bought by Symantec two, <laughs> yeah around 2000 we merged with at stake and um, then um, you know, Lovecraft became um, part of At Stake's um, products. They only had a couple products, but that was one of them. And it was mostly a consulting company. Mm-hmm. And they they changed the name to LC. I guess Crack isn't the name that you know goes very well with you know a, a security <laughs> consulting company. I guess <laughs> they did a lot of market research on that one, probably. Yeah, there was a lot of the marketing team was like, we can't sell a product with the word Crack in it. That's just not. <laughs> This is not cool. 
Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I think that's a little misunderstanding of the type of people that are using it, that they, you know, they, they, they don't understand that. Um, They're okay so, with buying crack. <laughs> so they changed it to LC. And um, then, you know, then they came out with a couple versions um, over a couple years or so. And then in 2004, uh, Symantec bought uh, at stake and, and acquired Wapcrack, essentially. Right. And we thought this was quite ironic because at one point we had Symantec antivirus checkers saying that it was a malicious tool. <laughs> and here they are, the ones owning it. It's um, awesome. So I don't think this really sat so well with semantic in general. I, I think the idea that it was, you know, um, you know, a pen testing tool really didn't fit with their model of what the kind of software they want to sell, and they eventually end of life it pretty shortly, right? Uh, thereafter, and stopped selling it. Um, but the thing that is uh, lucky for us, and this is something I can recommend to anyone who's writing software and selling it to companies, is. We uh, wrote into our, um, you know, our agreement to to sell the technology that if it was ever end of life, um, there would be a way for us to buy it back, uh, so that it wasn't, you know, it just didn't die and leave potentially our, you know, our original customers right. um, without, you know, a way to buy a, a future version. So awesome. we um, we basically went back to them after they end of life did and told them about this and uh, they agreed. They said, you know, this is. This is in the contract, so um, they sold it back to us. So um, that happened earlier this year, and our main goal was just to get it out as quickly as possible. You know, with a new, you know, sort of just with the basics refreshed up to 2000 and uh, you know nine standards as far as UI and dealing with the most the latest 64-bit uh, operating systems. And we didn't really go adding a lot of new features. Um, I know some people have said, well, it doesn't really have any new features, but um, Except for just supporting, you know, the basics, what it needs to do um, on on Vista, and it actually supports Windows Seven um, <laughs> remote password hash dumping. So, um, <laughs> nice. We, nice. So, you know, we may come out with a point release if they change anything between now and, you know, because it's just the beta. But uh, you know, we're we're planning on you know continuing to you know enhance it. There's a lot of ideas we have of, uh, you know, I don't think password cracking is nearly dead. Um, so, you know, plan to plan to see more coming out of Lovecraft. Nice. So, yeah, we were. Um, God, it's hard to believe it was twelve years ago. I, I remember. I remember using that tool a long ass time ago. I didn't realize twelve years ago. Um, but yeah. So you guys have been. Um, are, are, what are the plans for the future? Do you have anything up, lined up for as far as like things you want to do with the tool, or, or can you talk about those? Yeah, sure. So, what one of the ideas behind Lovecraft is to, you know, a lot of people build little small little tools to, you know, dump, you know, passwords from the cache or, you know, sniff a certain type of password hash going over the wire. And the idea behind Lovecraft is really to take these techniques, which someone else might put out as a, pro a proof of concept or have an open source tool, and take those te techniques and just make them easier for people to use in one um, user interface. So there's been a lot of, uh, uh, you know, research into dumping, um, you know, in the last couple of years actually even, uh, dumping the cached um, password hashes that are, you know, for the current logged in users and uh, for, you know, um, you know, the last 10 logins is the default for uh, caching domain credentials. So 
I think we'll look into doing that because I think a lot of pen testers use those techniques to, you know, once they uh, get admin on, uh, on one system, a lot of times they can leverage that to then get, you know, domain admin credentials. So right. uh, we, we, we want to add that kind of functionality is one thing uh, to start. Uh, the other thing that I, I think is interesting is is password um, reuse um, by administrators. So if someone is, um, you know, a domain admin, you know, if your domain admin password is the same password as the one that's on your uh, on a local workstation or a laptop, that's ab- that's obviously a bad idea. Right. Um, so you know, looking for those kind of scenarios and you know, sort of auditing a whole environment rather than just looking at the you know the domain controller, I think is. Uh, or I guess Active Directory now, um, is, is some of the directions we want to go in. Very cool. Now, you guys already have, like, rainbow rainbow table support and all that stuff, right? Yeah, we have rainbow table support. We support, um, you know, the standard rainbow tables that are out there on BitTorrent. You can download them. We decided not to distribute them. Um, it's just It just becomes very, very big, and they're really widely accessible on BitTorrent, and people have big pipes now. They didn't have big pipes back in 2004 four or five when we first, L, L, I think it was LC5 first had yeah. Rainbow Table support. We actually distributed some on a on a CD. But uh, I, I don't think that's really necessary now. So, uh, But you can download and generate your own. Nice. Cool. So um, as far as speed performance, have you guys, I mean, is that something that the new version has? I mean, you know, you're saying that it supports 64 bits, so obviously that would increase. Um, Speed of yeah, of well, actually, actually the, the 64-bit support is for dumping from 64-bit operating systems. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, gotcha. Um, so, you know, because you're in, injecting, doing DLL injection to do that, um, you have to have a 64-bit version of that code. Gotcha. So um, that's what we talk about. The 64-bit doesn't really help with cracking so much, um, although, you know, we may research that, that, that angle. One of the things we really want to do is speed up the NTLM um, cracking. There's been a lot of uh, work in, in speeding up landman cracking, mm-hmm. but now with uh, with Vista and Windows 7 by default, um, the landman passwords are turned off. So it took them um, long enough. I, that's that's going to be an area of focus for us, and we may end up, you know, using GPUs if people have them on their um, their graphics cards to, uh, to to really speed that up. That'd be awesome. <laughs> using graphic card to pass- crack passwords. Um, so, you know, I, I was thinking, uh, do you guys have or are planning on, you know, looking further into dumping some of the MS cache and some of the other patches that are on there? Yeah, there's some, there's some, there's some tools out there. One of them, uh, I think it's called GSEC dump or GSEC yeah. cache. I forget, but, yeah. uh, it's, um, it's been around for about a year and a half now. And, uh, it's sort of the latest in the cache dumping of, you know, currently logged in. Um, so you know if if you you know if the administrator is logged in remotely to the machine um, that uh, you could actually dump the a, a domain domain admin's uh, password hash and then go back and crack it. So you know that's a that, that I think that just goes to show you know even in you know today with all the improvements we've had in security, there's still really this um, this reliance on you know passwords and password hashes as, as sort of the core underlying you know, security. And if you can break that, it's, you know, it's game over. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So when you were talking about combining other tools, um, is it something that possibly eventually would start doing things like WEP or WPA cracking as well? Or 
Um, I'm not so sure about that. Uh, we, we might. Um, I mean, there's some good tools to do that. Um, I, I think that we, 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 um, we may do that. Some of the requests we've been getting are for, um, you know, we've been get, getting requests for doing notes, um, password hashes, Lotus <laughs> notes. Right. Um, because, you know, uh, and, you know, so anything, anything that is separate from the window, Windows, you know, using Windows authentication, if it has a separate authentication store, people are, people are interested They're in looking that. for that. Yeah, it'd be it'd be cool to be able to dump some of the SHA hashes that I've been finding through that damn OneNote XSS exploit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Something would actually crack that stuff. <clears throat> yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> Instead, we've been using, uh, you know, Brian and all them to run plain text. No, I know. Um, they're, they're really good guys, and they have about 190 terabytes full of hashes and hash tables Jesus. for every damn type of hash table you can think of from all the different iterations of the SHA hashes and MD hashes and everything else. And, yeah, they're really, 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 really fun if you have a lot of storage. <laughs> is, that, is that stuff available for on BitTorrent or something like that? Uh, no, but it's available through friends, so I'll give you a oh, link. Okay. And, it, and you can send them hard drives, and they'll pack them full and send them back. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. It, it was really helpful when I was just on a gig, and I had a SHA hash that I couldn't crack. And I put it up on plaintext.info, um, and tried it there, but I guess, if, of course, like the day when I need to use it, like half their server cluster went down. So I couldn't get it. So I sent it over to them and they put it on one of the chippers that they have that use those in the back end. And it got it in like 15 minutes. Damn. So, yeah, it was oh. it was really cool. Um, yeah, we, we, we kind of thought about the idea of distributing, you know, how would we distribute the hashes now? And, uh, you know, one of the ideas was just, you know, hard drives are so cheap now. They're like, you know, you can get a pretty what you can get a terabyte for almost a hundred bucks now. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you know that would be that'd be kind of interesting if someone kind of had that business model of just buying you know terabyte drives in bulk and imaging them with hashes and then selling them. Yeah, but uh, as long as they don't do it, like uh, what was the rainbow rainbow crack when they were trying to charge like oh. like. Three thousand yeah, dollars or something for it. I don't think it. it was that much. I think it was closer to it's two. Yeah, I was thinking maybe a couple hundred dollars. I mean, something that's you yeah. know affordable, you know, reasonable. <laughs> yeah. And then they're they're also charging for that password list. Uh, what's his name's password list? That's like five hundred meg. They were charging for that. Yeah, they were charging like a grand for it or something <laughs> like that. It was it was ridiculous. I'm glad that they're not doing a whole lot anymore. <laughs> they just charge way too much for things. So so Chris, you guys are offering this. Um, through loftcrack.com with the first with with zero being or with o being a zero right that's right it's l0 okay and then um is this going to be is this officially a loft product or is this just its own little company i mean how how do you yeah guys... it's its own little thing um it was uh mudge um myself and christian ryu were the three guys from the loft who did all the you know we were the ones who wrote it and supported it and um, so, you know, technically we were the ones who, you know, owned it when we sold it right. off. Um, and and uh, so we, we got it back. So, you know, I think the other loft guys are, you know, supportive of it. But, you know, we're the ones who are, you know, updating it and doing the support and all that. And so we, we formed a little LLC called Loft Holdings just to just to just to run the, this little business. Cool. cool. Right on. Well, if there's if there's anything that we can do to help 
you know, promote it more or do anything to, to help you guys out, just let us know and we'll, we'll do all that we can because I know Ryan and I have used it forever and, <laughs> uh, and, and you know, we, we, we got to pay back. So, well, I, I appreciate you guys having me on the podcast to talk about it. Um, maybe, uh, maybe we could send you a, you know, a, uh, a review copy and you guys could you know, check it out. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely That'd man, be cool. For sure. And we'll, we'll okay. definitely stick it in front of a bunch of clients and I, I, I have forever telling them to use it. So now, now that it's back out in the, in the wild as a, to pay product, uh, I'm, I'm happy to give it to everyone and, and make sure that they, uh, they're contacting you guys. Cause Frankly, it's yeah. it's the only one that you can actually use in the consulting space to produce pretty graphs and tell the executives why passwords are doing what they're doing. Yeah. Because unless they see a graph, you know, the executives are all like, "Whoa, wait a second, that's a whole bunch of text that's green on black." Like, not me, not right. a programmer. And you're like, "No, dude, it's your password." And they're like, "I don't care." Command <laughs> yeah, shell. Really don't know anything the, about um, that. Part of the whole vision was to make it so that it. Um, you know, when people taught classes on, you know, pen testing and they wanted to talk about, you know, password cracking, because obviously attackers do this, um, they, we, we, um, we, we usually would, you know, give a, a free license away to people who used it in classes because we found that it just was so educational. It opened so many eyes to people. So it just had that benefit. And plus, you know, people were like, well, I want to buy it now. So, you know, yeah. it was really a win-win. And um, the fact that, you know, you have a nice graphical interface, you can throw up on the screen, you can say, like, click dumb passwords, click, you know, crack, and boom, they start showing up. It, it's sort of that, you know, that visceral appeal of, like, click, click, and you're, you got passwords right yep, there. exactly. And that, that's part of it, you know. If you, if you have to kind of type in a funky command line and, you know, pipe to a file and bring it up in a, in a, in a notepad or whatever, it doesn't have that same appeal as, as a nice user interface. And, you know, that was, that's part of, you know, part of why we spend time to that. Um, because I just, I think it makes the passwords look weaker if you have a nice UI that's cracking. Oh, it totally does. I mean, it's, it, I, I think it's funny because I, I really have wanted for a long time to try and take a bunch of tools and a bunch of people and kind of get everyone together and make a little, you know, quick, I don't know, like 20 minute kind of WebEx of how, how you can convince executives that security is bad in an environment to kind of teach consultants how to do it because I think, you know, doing those demos and like showing them soft and being able to say, take your execs, bring them in, show them you have this little file with all these creepy, crazy little numbers and letters and whatnot in it. And they'll go, wow, confusing. Great. Don't know what this is. And then have them get on the keys, drag it into the tool and watch them crack the passwords and do the same thing with, you know, stuff like core or metasploit and say hey look you know you're a hacker now you clicked five times and you rooted a box and you know and, and kind of walk them through like the the ceo's demo of hacking to <laughs> to get them connected to how risky it is because anytime that i do that and like in our practice it it's the it's what changes their connection to the report now no longer is this some you know 80 page, you know, crazy numbers and letters things. Yeah. They're like, whoa, wait a second. Like, you know, our CEO is technically a hacker because he just popped this box and dumped the passwords and used these tools and they can kind of get a connection to how easy it is. And then all of a sudden, um, you know. We've been talking with HD Moore to make sure that, you know, it works really well with Metasploit because I think you're exactly right where you could say, you know, click, click, get admin, you know, click, dump password hashes and then boom, you, you know, you have passwords yeah uh, I, I think that's 
um, you know, like you're saying, that gets the CEO's attention. It, it it does. I mean, and it's it's funny. I mean, in even any of the like conferences that I do, I'll have like a laptop that's in plastic and be like, "Hey, go to this site." So you you figure out everything. All I'm going to mm-hmm. do is tell you to go to this site and hit download, and then right. I'm going to give you an address and you figure out all on your own how to do it. And you know, within like ten minutes, the box is freaking out and the, the little executive dude's laughing and he's like, "Oh my god, I'm a hacker. This is awesome. <laughs> this is you know? fun." Yeah. You know, and you know he's going home and he's working on my lab network. Oh, we we decided that uh, the dot Chris Nickerson domain, uh, aka dot cn, is everyone's lab. So if they want to start hacking things, they can just go to you know dot cn and use my lab. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, the other thing I wanted to mention was, um, you know, a lot of people what they say is, oh, well, we have you know we have password you know, complexity requirements and all that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of these password complexity requirements are actually really, really lame. Um, oh, yeah. And I, I've seen ones that say you must need use, you know, an upper and lower case, you know, and a number and, and you know, at least one uppercase, at least one number or a symbol. Okay. And, you know, and I've seen passwords come out of it that are like capital P, you know, A-S-S-W-O-R-D-1. Right. You know, I mean, that comes up in like, Two seconds with Lovecraft. Okay, so you know a lot of password complexity is 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 kind of ridiculous when you understand the way that people add complexity to passwords. And what do they do? They change O's to zeros. They put numbers on the end. You know, um, and, and you know that really is why we have what we call our hybrid crack, which is take dictionary words and manipulate them in the ways that people do when they're forced to add some complexity. Right. And um, you know. Password one with a capital P and a one is maybe a couple more bits entropy than just using password. You know, it doesn't right. take any longer for you know uh, you know we're we're able to test 35 million keys per second on a, um, on, a on a quad machine that costs a thousand dollars today. That's awesome. You know, I have a I have a Core i7 at home, um, a Dell. That costs less than a thousand dollars. It's got a quad 2.66 megahertz processor. Heck yeah! And I'm getting 35 million keys a second. So obviously, I can permute the dictionary pretty quickly. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Take the Oxford, throw it in. No problem. Yeah, that's killer. Yeah. Well, right on. Well, um, dude, I like I said, if there's if there's anything else we can do, or any any of the things that that we're at that we can help promote it more. Um, you just let us know, and okay, we're sure. all over it, dude. Because I mean, frankly, all, all the consultants out there should have it, uh, especially the big like ENY guys, and uh, because I've been ranking on them a lot lately, um, <laughs> and and you know the KPMG and all the big fuzzy like pretend security firms, because it would actually give them some valid results instead of them just going. Well, because because you know the the reason that you see that past you know capital P one ASSWORD exclamation point or it, it, it's it never even that but you know the like basic stupid passwords that meet complexity laws is because their auditor came in and said hey it has to meet this so just use you know password but use it this way and and right. it's because you know they have some kid who just came out of school and has never been in the real world of security and doesn't realize you can run that in Lovecraft and crack it in, you know, a tenth of a second. So, right. That, I mean, that's the thing is, is, is if the auditors actually didn't look for meeting, you know, compliance requirements, like you must, you know, 
do you have password complexity check right and this is really where you know compliance is not equal to security so you have to take the you know the attackers mentality at least every once in a while to make sure that you know you're just not hitting the check boxes and it's totally missing the point right no i i 100% agree with you i think Rob and I were talking about that. Fuller and I were talking about that for a while, and then Harrigan and I were talking about it uh, kind of at length on the podcast about <laughs> security and compliance. Like if you put them in the same sentence, it just makes you not as smart <laughs> in general. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> so I think I think tools like what you guys put out really highlight that because you can be completely compliant with those passwords and be completely insecure. Exactly. So that's that's awesome, man. Well, thank you guys for working and getting the code back and putting it back out there after the, you know, semantic and ad stake debacle. <laughs> sure. Yeah, we're trying to, uh, you know, do a little Phoenix resurrection from the ashes here. Um, so, yeah, definitely check out lofcrack.com. It's a free, free trial for 14 days. And, um, you know, stay tuned uh, for, for more features. And, forthcoming versions. Right, well, if, if there's feature requests and stuff like that, is there a place that they should go to, to put those in to, to bug you so that they're not... Yeah, know, if, you go to you our, if you go to our support page, um, there's a link to... Oh, we have a Google group now called Lovecraft Users mm-hmm. yep. where uh, people can uh, people can put in those types of requests. Awesome. Yeah, I saw you guys have like a Friends of Lovecraft page on uh or group on facebook too right yes we also have friends of loft crack so you could you know you could post there too very cool cool well, man thank you again for for coming on we we totally appreciate your time you know you know on a saturday <laughs> no, no problem guys so, thank you all thanks, right thanks, thanks a lot brother okay all right later bye-bye bye no it's cool i'm glad that tool came back I, that was gone for a long time way too long and uh i'm glad they got a hold of it again <coughs> well, Th- it's thankfully, I, you know, I'm actually kind of glad Symantec didn't try to run it, <laughs> it's like to keep running with it, because that, God knows what they would have done with it. Like next thing you know, it's yeah, it takes just... more storage space than is physically available, and <laughs> takes up all your processor that you know their antivirus solution isn't taking up. Mm-hmm. I was about to say that whole thing, like they're definitely with the whole processor thing. They take everything. Oh yeah. So no, I'm I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad Chris and Mudge and all those guys got a hold of it again. It's gonna be it'll be cool to see what else they come out with. So, Rock and Rizzle. So yeah, Loftcrack.com, L0PHTCRACK.com. And uh, like you said, there's a free 15 day trial um, for the for those of you who weren't around when Loftcrack was still around. Um, 14. Check it out, run it, play with it, um, run it on your own systems <laughs> before you go using Chris's lab. <laughs> Before using my lab, that's so awesome. It's a really big lab. It's you know, <laughs> it's one of the biggest actually. It's, yeah, it's hi- highly distributed. One it's, of the biggest it's, labs. It's in the, the, the cloud. World. I was about to say it's a cloud lab. It's a cloud lab. Yeah, cloud labs are awesome. Cool. Well, uh, so what else is going on in the world now that we can talk about password cracking? I think I think that that leads kind of very well to what we've hit on I don't know how many times about compliance and security and it just being completely the opposite. Oh, yeah. Um, That's you know, when I, was at, when I was at the client this week, or one of the clients this week, <clears throat> you know, they, they constantly are getting audited by all these people. Mm-hmm. And one of the other clients I was at this week, because I was at two, um, has always had big, giant companies doing their assessments. Um, and so as 
said big giant companies are doing assessments. Um, they're going through and they're they're you know giving them these reports. Well, one of the particular companies was doing a web app assessment, and they also have a tool that does web app assessments. Mm-hmm. Um, oddly enough, not only did they do a web app assessment, um, they just would wait about a week and a half and then give this particular client a report. Well, that's interesting because you know I. I looked at what last year's looked like, and mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they just hit print on the on report the of their report tool, the tool that they own. Um, that's not auditing. That's not a security. That's not testing. Frankly, it's not testing. It really isn't. If if you just use a tool, it's not testing. And I think that you know some of that got misconstrued on the tools and testing thing when we were talking about that with Matt. Oh yeah. And the core deal. And frankly, look, listen, as far as I'm concerned, um, and I'm no one, so it doesn't really matter what my opinion is, um, there, there is a lot of tests that need to be done. I think the good Lord and all of his best friends and Buddha and all of those people who hang out in the sky or the ground or whatever the hell they do, uh, all of them, all the gods need to be super happy because I thank Gore for building the damn product. Because it now takes all of these auditors who had no idea what the fuck they were doing at all and at least gives them a tool to give some type of credibility to the point of that we were talking about with Loft. A lot of time you need to connect people to the impact of the risk. Right. And, if you and, make it, if you, and the easiest way to do that is show them how right, easy show it is them. to do. Yeah, exactly. And, and Core better than any other tool on the planet, period, does that. Well, because Core has a pretty reporting engine. Really it's gorgeous. Reporting. It's really stable. It can actually, you know, go through. It can pop the boxes. You can even automate the stuff. So, like, you know, when when you build a vulnerability management program, right? Mm-hmm. You you're you're gonna have your typical scanners. Which, sorry guys, they're always wrong unless it's Foundstone, and then it's like always, always, always wrong because it's a piece of garbage. Um, so don't don't hold back. I'm not. <laughs> Tell us how you feel. The product's a piece of shit. So. Um, you know, you have you have your scanning, right? And the scanning's going to give you stuff, and each one of the scanners individually can find some things really well, but suck at finding other things. So unless you run all of them, it's kind of like virus scanning. Like, they all find, like, 80%, but well, yeah. they all find 80% of different 80%, so, yep. like, no one's really good. Right, like, ISS will cover, the, the ISS scanner will cover some stuff, and then right. Retina will cover some stuff, and Nessus will catch a bunch of stuff, and yeah. none of, I mean, all of them miss something. They all suck. So if you're not going through the findings and going, well, wait, why didn't it find that, you know, poor 80, for, for example, I don't think any of them actually would miss this, but. Found scan will. Why didn't it notice that Port 80 was open? It didn't give me any findings on Port 80. It didn't even tell me that it was open. That's know? probably why that, they got you the McAfee site com- got hacked because they used Outscan and didn't find shit on Port 80. And they're like, go <laughs> next. Really, seriously. Go <laughs> to the next should, one. You should notice, first off, that Port 80 is open according to Nmap, and then your, right. your scanner didn't find it. Right. There's a fucking issue. You better go do some hand checking on Port 80. Quick flip. Yeah. Grip. Flip the grip. Yeah. <laughs> go after the thing. No, so you're totally right. Right, like you need to have some vulnerability management to figure out what vulnerabilities are there. Then, in my mind, the next step of that is it yeah. should continue to be automated, yeah. right? Like, like you shouldn't have to go and hack fifteen thousand machines in an environment to prove that the environment's hackable. But being able to use like core essentials, which 
kind of does all the auto-hacking stuff for you or Pro and be able to take the scan results, put them into there, and then validate it. You're now taking a, a report that, you know, your Nessus or FoundSuck or whatever else, like, you're going to take that report, put it in there. You're going to go take the report from 600 pages mm-hmm. down to just the machines that can be compromised based on those vulnerabilities. Well, and the other thing I never really got I mean, about internal pen testing... Dude, think of how much that money that saves you. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. I don't. I never really understood the thing where, where they come in and they're like, oh, we've got 6,000 IP addresses on our internal space. We want you to hack all of them. Cool. Why? Right. Chances if I, are if your I, imaging, sure I did one. If I can get one workstation, chances are you, all your workstations have the same fucking problem because they're right. all imaged so off the same it. damn drive. Yeah, and, and, you know, so you think about patching, right? Even if you have a SUS server and all this other crazy cool stuff to automate patches, it's still going to cost you man hours, and it's still going to cost you possibly even you know engineering time and money for some of the fixes. And you're looking at spending a certain amount per patch. Right. So to me, it's hugely cost-effective to buy a tool like Core where you can import all the stuff in because you're going to move from 70,000 reported patches that you need to install down to only the ones that can be compromised. Right. You know, so you're going to go what from seventy thousand down to two hundred. How much money are you going to save? Let's say the patch costs you. I mean, engineering hours, right? Guy makes seventy five hour dollars an hour, right? Or a hundred, you know, whatever, a hundred dollars, hundred dollars, right? Yeah. Or, or he's outsourced them, and you pay like right. And it takes him. It takes him twenty minutes to install a patch. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't do the math because I'm retarded, but that's a shitload of money to patch seventy thousand things, right? Well, I, well, now we bring that down to two hundred. I mean, it, it more than pays for itself in your operational expenses to do that. Well, the problem though is that, and I, I agree with what you're saying. The, the the big problem we run into constantly, you know it too. Um, I mean, we've both seen it. That oh, we've got this patching solution. It works great. We patch. We we have all our critical patches installed within like you know a week of them coming out. Five days of them coming out. All our machines get patched. How many times have you and I sat there and went, scan the entire network, oh, yeah. and you find, you know, oh, look, you're missing this critical patch from three years ago. Well, <laughs> but we have this patch system. Yeah, but do you ever look back at it through the logs right. and go, wow, um, there's a failure for this patch on this box. I should probably, I mean, it saves time to, to automate, well, but you still have to go look through your logs and be like, oh, look, this critical patch failed on the server. Well, but I need to go do it by hand. But that's the whole point of having of having a validation system around your vulnerability scanning because you're going to look at your vulnerability scans and you're going to say, oh, no, we already patched that stuff, and you're going to ignore it as a false positive, whereas the vulnerability verification system like Core is going to take that, run exploits against the thing, it's going to pop the box, you're going to go, shit, why did that work? Right. You know, And you, and you can automate a lot of that stuff in environments, and it's not hard, and it really isn't that expensive when you look at it versus the operational expense or even if you want to get, like, Esoteric and bring in the you know amount of compromise and you know RTI RTO against the patches and everything. I mean, you could do math and shit all day, and I'll leave that stuff to the freaking Verizon and Stats guys who like fucking make like up that. lies all the time on their graphs. You know, fine. You know, but when it comes out to it, at the end of the day, doing those things and having those services hugely improves the reliability of the environment. It hugely improves the sustainability to attack of the environment. And it's not that hard to roll out. No. You know, it, there's there's plenty of uh, hell. There's free tools out there that'll do it. There's a ton of them. Yeah. Speaking of which, have you have you played with the newest version of uh, OpenVAS? No. The vulner- oh, the open source vulnerability assessment scanner. No. 
It's really awesome. And now that now that you know Nessus is even cracking down more and more with their licensing schemes, mm-hmm. it, it's an awesome project. So definitely go out and check out some of the you know and support all of the you know OpenVast stuff because it's really really good. It's really fast. It's fairly accurate. Um, trust me, if I'll I'll give you the Pepsi challenge. If you have Found Scan running in your environment, which sucks. And you install OpenVAS, I guarantee you, you will find more and more valid things than you find in your FoundScan report. Now, don't do it if the only reason you have FoundScan is to check a box because you'll scare yourself. Because you'll be like, damn, I've been using this piece of crap for the last four years. It doesn't find shit. And now I found all of these things. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, seriously, look at some of these open source solutions. I mean, hell, even Tenable, it's like it's like fifteen hundred bucks for a license. Go yeah, buy I mean, one. They've been they've been tying, they've been beating down on, or rather restricting down on their licensing. Yeah. But at the same time, it's not like they're charging an arm and a leg. I know, right? It's not like it's it's EI where it's like forty grand for to, uh, to have to something that's broken or something. Yeah, and and to you know find your broken scanner and be like. Oh hey, you know it's but but somebody else uses it. Well, that's great, but you know most of your research team's now gone and well, you know. and Nessus now run on just about anything, right? It runs yeah. on OS X, it runs on Windows, it runs it comes, on Linux. I, it comes. The last license that I bought, it came with a, a VM that you could download. Nice. Yeah, it was awesome. You know, and and I'm a big fan of VMs. I mean, like I hate building shit over and over again. I hate having to install shit on my box. I mean, I I hate it. It sucks. So uh, OpenVAS, you can get from www.openvas.org. Yep. So definitely definitely go check that out. Um, there's been a lot of talk lately on testing, you know, back to my .cn domain. Um, <laughs> but uh, Fuller, um, room 362, right? Yeah. Or three, 362? Yeah. Uh, he, he took a post that he put on the Exotic Liability site and put it on his blog. Uh, so it's on both. It's on Exotic Liability as well as his, uh, where we listed a bunch of the stuff that Arsnake put on hackers and added to it. Yeah. Um, and they're all sites that are there available for you to purposely hack uh, to try and upskills or test new exploits and, and, and things of that nature. Um, so that's another really, really good place to go uh, to find a giant list of sites to hack. Um, Speaking of also sites to hack, um, I was sitting here like laughing uh, because there's an article about uh, on CNET mm-hmm. about mystery virus strikes the FBI, U.S. Oh, Marshals. Yeah, I heard about that. And they're forced to shut down all these things after a mystery virus. What the fuck is a mystery virus? Uh, that means that Symantec, Antivirus, and McAfee don't pick it up. What, like they weren't the ones who made it? This is like the first one in years? <laughs> They're all, wait a second, none of the virus companies made this one, so this is a mystery. <laughs> that's that's just dumb. Mystery virus. Oh, you know. O'Day virus. What is it? No one's ever seen it before. Fucking O'Day. People need to stop with the buzzwords. Just give it up. It's a, it's a virus. Great. Next. I, uh, whatever. You good? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, um, the list of sites that you were just talking about for yeah. uh, all the free places that test out hacking skills on. Um, it's under show 17 links on uh, exactliability.com in the forums. Yeah, and, and Arsnake made a lot of that list as well as, you know, we started posting more and more to it. So the thread's yeah, been getting bigger and bigger, which like, is cool. There's a shit ton of sites on here right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and, and on the last note for the show, before we go to ePizza, I'd like people to understand something. Um, 
and I read this article on the register and I thought it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, scientists say tasers work, but we don't know how. <laughs> it's magic. That's it. That's all I've got. Tasers work, but no one really knows how. Let me, let me give you some insight from the real world, me not being a scientist. You pump a bunch of fucking electricity into anything, it fucks it up. <laughs> all right? There you go. Bam, that's how that's it works. works. A bunch of electricity that's not supposed to be in there in something that can be, like, affected by electricity. Like, anything. You put you put 10,000 volts into it, it freaks out. It doesn't do what it normally is supposed to do. Right. So, no tests like, need to happen. Like I said, magic. It's just magic. It just fucking works. That's all that really matters. So, we need sting. It's magic. Whoa. All right. Wasn't that clean? Every little thing she does. It was on synchronicity. Oh, I was thinking of um, the song that uh, it's a kind of magic from the Highlander soundtrack. Damn. That was a Queen song. And then we could think of like Black Magic Woman. We could be Santana with, <laughs> with our with our Santana champagne. Santana crisp. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.